Good evening. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. The spotlight is on wellness, and my guest is Harvey Diamond. He's the New York Times best-selling author of Fit for Life, which sold 13 million copies. Harvey is one of the longest known survivors of peripheral neuropathy resulting from exposure to Agent Orange while serving his country in Vietnam. His ninth book is Eat for Life, The Ultimate Weight Loss Breakthrough. Awesome interview, and to get more about this book, go to his website, harveydiamond.com, or call toll-free 877-335-1509. Fantastic information. You'll enjoy. Harvey Diamond, welcome to Building Abundance Success. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well indeed tonight. I'd like you to start out by telling our audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Well, I'm originally from New York, as most people are, I think. But I only yeah, I'm from Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only lived there for about three meals. I was actually grown up. I, I actually grew up in the mountains of Kentucky. I lived there till I was 11, then moved to. Los Angeles, where I lived for 35 years, and I've been in Florida for the last 22 years. I grew up in a very <laughs> traditional way of eating and living in this country, which unfortunately is one that is not supportive of health and well-being, and was a, a sickly child, lost my father to cancer, and he was only in his mid-50s. Wow. After always complaining about a stomach ache for as long as I can remember, and I always had a stomach ache from the time I was three until I was 25. Whoa. So <laughs> that is the reason after he passed uh, that I became com totally uh, interested in studying health and well-being so that the same did not happen to me. That is why I took up the study, which uh, started in 1970 when I was 25 years old. And I have been studying it and writing books ever since. This this new book, Eat for Life, is my ninth book. And um, it's just a subject that I truly enjoy because, well, mainly <laughs> my greatest enthusiasm and joy over it, aside from the fact that I have been fortunate enough to assist literally millions of people around the world, it still kind of blows my mind when I say that. It's hard to comprehend. Mm -hmm. That little old me affected the lives of millions of people when I barely even graduated high school because <laughs> I wasn't interested in anything. But aside from that, the information actually, without sounding too, too dramatic, uh, is actually the reason why I'm still alive, quite frankly. <laughs> wow. So that's where my enthusiasm for the subject comes. It has helped me literally... Uh, still be alive, and that's not an exaggeration. Now, I understand you're a veteran. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that? Yes, that's true. In uh, 1966, I was stationed in Vietnam uh, for a year, and uh, I was, while there, exposed to Agent Orange on numerous occasions. And as a result of that, I have a condition called peripheral neuropathy, which is a steady fatal, unfortunately, a condition that withers away the muscles of the body. At this point in time, and I just turned 67 last week. Wow. Uh, yes. On, Happy belated uh, birthday. Thank you. It was on Groundhog's Day, as it is every year. <laughs> and um, uh, the, the plain fact is I have survived the poisoning, but not unscathed. Uh, I have, well... There's no other way of putting it. I have very severe damage to my arms and legs, particularly my arms. I cannot lift a glass of water to my mouth. I have great difficulty dressing and feeding myself. For me, that's a good day where I have dressed and fed myself on my own. And as you can imagine, if you don't have the use of your arms and hands, I do have the use of them. Just very, very limited. And it continues to deteriorate because Agent Orange which is dioxin, considered to be the most toxic, human-made toxin in existence. Uh, no matter what you do, a certain amount of it remains in your body, and it just continues to deteriorate the muscles until you're in a wheelchair and then dead. In fact, I am at, I'm in the record books at the VA. They don't understand how I'm still walking around <laughs> without assistance, 
and uh, whenever they ask me, how have you managed to survive as long as you have and still get around, I tell them, read my book. <laughs> and that's what I mean when I say my enthusiasm for this work is such that it saved my life. I, I mean that seriously. Were it not for the information that I learned early on and what became the substance of my books, uh, you would be talking about me in the past tense. Well, your bestseller, Fit for Life, sold millions and uh, exposed America to your way of lifestyle. And uh, for those people who don't remember Fit for Life, why don't you tell us a little bit about that book and what at that point you were thinking when you wrote it? Well, it came out in 1985 amidst a slew of other books classified as a diet book, and whether I like it or not, Fit for Life has been classified as a diet book, although I can tell you uh, it is anything but a diet book. In fact, the very first chapter of the very first book I ever wrote is called Diets Don't Work. And in fact, if you have a copy of this latest book, Eat for Life, mm -hmm. if you flip it over on the back, on the very top, it says, with an exclamation point at the end, this is not a diet. Mm -hmm. uh, I always struggled with my weight. I detested going on diets, I am happy to acknowledge the fact that I am a full-blown food junkie. I always have been. I just, you know, I love to eat, and there's just uh -huh. no getting around that. And unfortunately, I have one of those genetic bodies that if I walk by a deli stand with a lot of beautiful food in there, I'll put on weight just looking through the window. So <laughs> I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to do something. I wanted to write a book that was not a diet that simply showed people how they can eat and enjoy the eating experience, as well we should, let's face it. In our lifetime, we're each going to eat approximately 70 tons of food. We might just as well enjoy the process, after all. And I wanted to make sure that I wrote a book that rather than telling people that they had to turn the eating experience into a clinical endeavor by countering calories and measuring portions and doing without and skipping meals and drinking those nasty, chalky-tasting drinks and buying mm -hmm. expensive foods and removing entire food groups and keeping a journal. I mean, <laughs> all of that was so annoying to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. It took all the joy and fun out of something that was extremely pleasurable to me. So instead, I wanted to write something that showed people how they can eat in such a way that is in alignment with the manner in which their body works, specifically their digestive tract. Because if you think about it, as I just said a moment ago, that we will each eat approximately 70 tons of food in our lifetime, as it happens, the digestion of food requires more energy from our body than all other efforts from our body combined. That's why we feel so tired after we eat. And the bigger the meal, the more tired we are. You know what I mean. That's like mm -hmm. last Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. you, don't, you, you don't finish that meal and jump up and say, hey, who wants to go jogging? No. You, <laughs> no. You, no. You're looking for a couch, sitting down with something like, oh, man, I will never eat again. <laughs> that is because an unbelievable amount of energy is required for the digestion of food because food in the stomach is a number one priority for the body. So all of my books, the, not only the ones, uh, the Fit for Life books, but this new one as well, Eat for Life, what it does is show people how they can eat and eat the foods they like, but they can do so in such a way where they will streamline the digestive process, so less energy is required to break down the food, and the digestive process actually works more efficiently. That is the reason why, I think, Fit for Life became such an extraordinary phenomenon. I mean, it sold almost 14 million copies. It's in 34 languages around the world. It's been in constant publication for 27 straight years without a break. The reason is because people read the book. They're not made to feel guilty or to be put through something that they can't do or make them an outcast because they can't eat at a party. And they share it with their friends and loved ones. It's just word of mouth that keeps the book going like this. Now, what got you started as an author? Well, 
Yeah, because you have all this knowledge and everything, and I'm just wondering now, how did the author thing come in there? It just, you know, it's an odd thing. Uh, earlier I said I barely made it out of high school. I was serious. I was the person in high school, all the teachers would pull me over to the side and say, look, we know you're smarter than you are letting on. You're just not applying yourself. And I said, you think? Because nothing really challenged me. I, I, I don't know why. I didn't have any interest in anything. So, you know, I just made it by with the bare minimums. But, uh, like I say, at age 25, I had already gotten back from Vietnam. I didn't actually know that I had been exposed to Agent Orange yet. I failed to mention earlier that Agent Orange, once you're exposed, actually sits in the body for up to 20 years before you even have a clue. You have been exposed, and with me, it was that. I was exposed in 1966. I started to watch my arms wither away in 1986, but in 1970, I was living with the fear of dying of cancer of the stomach, just as my dad did. I was overweight. I had these horrible, horrible stomach aches literally every day. I mean, a lot of people say that, and they're exaggerating. I'm not. It was a daily thing to where it just people just gave up on it. My parents, my, the doctor, they just said, oh, he has a sensitive stomach, and that was that. And you drank milk of magnesia in those days, which is about as horrible as anything can be to drink. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided that I wanted to, you know, live a different way. I didn't want to have to live with the fear of dying and, and living in pain. And by a, a set of circumstances that I would call happenstance or kismet, I came across someone who was deeply immersed in the field of what is called natural hygiene. I had never heard of it, ever. Most people haven't, even though at the time, even then, there was a 200-year written history. You know, when you hear the word hygiene, you know, what do you think? You know, brush your teeth and wash your neck and <laughs> and clean behind your ears and all that. But natural hygiene is so very, very much more than that. It is a, an understanding of how our body interacts with food. And, you know, as soon as the person told me that, I said, well, <laughs> I, I'm interested in that. I'd love to study that. So he gave me a little book to read, just one little book. The person I learned this from was... Uh, very standoffish. He was always being made fun of and ridiculed, being called the health freak and all of this because he was so different. So he didn't know me from Adam. He just thought I was looking for a way to have ammunition to make fun of him. But uh, I told him that I was was serious and if he would just give me a chance. He gave me a tiny little book, one little book. I'll never forget it. This was in 1970. It was called Toxemia Explained by Dr. John Tilden, who wrote this book in 1924. And all this gentleman did was say, here, take this book, read it at your leisure, and tell me what you think of it. Of course, I read it that night. It was only like, I don't know, 60 or 70 pages. And that one little book transformed my life um, forever. That was that. I just I couldn't believe what I read there about the nature of disease. It answered the problem of why my father perished so soon. It answered the reason why I was living in pain. I showed up at his doorstep the next morning. He opened up the door and looked at me. I didn't say a word. I just looked him in the eyes, and he knew. He knew dead away. I got it. And I actually wound up living with this gentleman and devouring his very abundant library. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that was my education right there. (laughs) Well, that's a good education to get. That's a great that was an excellent one. Now, your Fit for Life uh, was your first book. Have you altered your uh, point of view in this new book? No, no, I haven't. I mean, I've certainly added things that are not in the original book, without a doubt. But the basic, the fundamental principles that I talk about, all of which are involved, as I said, in streamlining the digestive process, uh, they are the same today as they were in 1970. You know, there are some things that just don't change. You know, mm-hmm. the earth is circling the sun, and that's a truth. And it doesn't matter if you wrote that 500 years ago or if you write it 500 years from now. It's still going to remain the same truth, that the earth circles the sun. 
there are certain basic fundamentals associated with the human body and digestion and the whole process of metabolizing food and extracting nutrients and eliminating waste, that these are truths that are uh, time immemorial. Um, that is why certain people will, to this day, I mean, it's amazing. The original book was written uh, 27 years ago, and I literally, each week, I will get emails from people that say, Oh, uh, Mr. Diamond, I just read your book. It's I, What a revelation. And the book is 27 years old. Hmm. Well, that's good, though. That's very really good. <laughs> um, you know, it's, 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 it has not gone out of print. People still refer to it, right? No, it definitely hasn't. Like I said earlier, it's been in constant print for the 27 years. Mm -hmm. It's never gone out of print, even for a moment. Wonderful. Yes. We make a uh, strong bar uh, argument. Uh, we have a living body that's uh, able to take care of us, and we can overcome many things naturally. Can you explain that to the audience? Because many people think that we have to run for all these especially prescription medications and whatnot. And I'm not against prescription medications, but they don't necessarily heal the body. They assist, but the body can heal itself in some instances. Well, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, Sabrina Marie, I, I, would, uh, <laughs> I would differ with that statement just a tad. Okay. Uh, because anyone who is really familiar with my work knows that I, I have no kind words to say about pharmaceutical drugs. Now, and not that I'm uh, uh, like a screwball that says, hey, never under any circumstances should you ever take a pharmaceutical drug, because let's just face it, mm -hmm. uh, emergency situations require emergency oh, yeah. measures. Most and definitely. sometimes the only thing you can do is take a pharmaceutical drug for that emergency situation. So I do not deny that whatsoever. What I do, what I do take, I have difficulty with. Uh, is the fact that nearly 4 billion prescriptions were written last year in the United States alone. That is enough for over 12 prescriptions for every man, woman, and child in the country. Oh, my heavens. Yeah, you're telling me, oh, my heavens. We are being over-medicated. We are taking too many drugs. The drug industry is in business to make money and then make more money, and they're constantly coming up with new drugs. And you know what I'm talking about when I mm -hmm. say, have you ever watched any of these commercials on TV when they start rattling off the, <laughs> the, the negative side effects? effects? It's frightening. It's, it's worse mm -hmm. than a horror movie. You're saying, what, are they serious? I mean, some of the things they say, you know, well, oh, and by the way, it'll cause liver failure and uh, kidney damage and heart disease and cancer and dementia and, uh, and, and death. <laughs> yeah, and you think, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the plain fact is uh, that, and the part of your statement that I would take issue with is, believe it or not, these drugs do not assist the living body. The living body is the healer. This is a message that is woven throughout all of my books. The living body is an extraordinary, incomprehensible machine capable of actions and activities that boggle the mind, that no scientist on earth can completely and totally comprehend. You know, example I like to give, a couple of little examples I like to give that we take completely for granted. Just consider the fact that if you cut your finger, you know, you're in the kitchen, you're chopping up some vegetables, you slip, you cut your finger. Everyone's done it. What is it that heals that finger? It certainly isn't the salve you put on it. It's not the um, Band-Aid that you put on it. In fact, if you leave it alone and do nothing, the body will snap into action, do everything that needs to be done. It'll coagulate the blood for you. It'll turn it, turn it into a nice, hard covering called a scab. Mm -hmm. Underneath, the skin miraculously weaves itself back together. The hard casing falls off, and voila, no more cut. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that happens with such frequency that we totally take it for granted. But if you think about it, what an amazing thing that is, that the living body, while it's doing everything else it has to do, circulating the blood and maintaining our temperature and our balance and dealing with food and breathing and everything else, it still can take care of healing this wound. Another example I love to give is if you were to take all the smartest Nobel laureates in the field of science all over the world and put them in a laboratory and hand them an apple and say, hey, 
don't come out of that laboratory until you've turned that apple into human blood. <laughs> They'd look at you like you were nuts. Mm-hmm, They'd never mm-hmm. be able to leave that laboratory. The, there is literally, we can talk about what the body does and what it accomplishes, but the way that the body knows how to do that, there is not, literally, there is not a scientist alive that can explain how the body knows how to take a certain food stuff and turn it into blood or bone or teeth or skin or hair. <laughs> it's absolutely astonishing. Well, this is an intelligence. This is an, a magnificent incomprehensible intelligence that is at work in our bodies 24-7. We may sleep when we go to bed at night, but our bodies never sleep. Our bodies are up 24 hours a day, every single day and night, working away. And it is, it has as its goal one primary goal, to maintain its health and well-being and longevity. That's what our bodies want to do, and it is more than capable of doing so. And it is my opinion that, unfortunately, this magnificent healing ability of the living body to take care of anything that's wrong, and hey, listen, it doesn't draw the line at healing a cut finger. Whatever is going on in the living body that is out of sorts, or what we would call a disease or ill health, the body knows about it and wants to deal with it. Unfortunately, we take pharmaceuticals, which is an attempt to malleate the symptoms, and what it really does is suppress the body's own natural healing capabilities. And that is the true tragedy of all these drugs that we're taking, in my opinion. Your main premise uh, appears to be the fact that we have a, an extraordinary tool, an ally that assists us in our quest for good health. And I, I want to hear your theory on this. I, I've read a little bit about it, but I'm going to let you explain. Okay. Well, it, by no means, uh, Sabrina Marie, is this a theory. It has nothing to do with theory. Uh, what we're talking about, well, you know, you, you yourself, I'm sure, have not only heard the term, you certainly used it, as so many others have, the immune system. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't read an article or hear an interview or watch TV uh, on any subject associated with health and not hear the term immune system mentioned. Right. Strengthen your immune system. Do this for your immune system. Or that's bad for your immune system. Or this has an immune system. Well, in actual fact, if you were to ask just general folk, just walk into a crowd somewhere and say, hi, can you tell me where the immune system is and what it is and what it does? Most people can't explain it. They'll say something like, well, uh, it's what uh, keeps you healthy. And that is true, but if you ask them for any specifics about what it is or how you can deal with it or strengthen it, they really don't have any idea. Well, the fact is, what we are referring to as the immune system is what we call the body's lymph system, the lymphatic system. I have to tell you, (laughs) when I think about the lymph system, the lymph system's job is to keep you well, no matter what you're trying to achieve with your health, whether you want to lose weight, you want to increase your energy, you want to remove pain, you want to overcome an illness, you want to prevent ever getting sick in the first place, Mm -hmm. it is all tied to the body's lymph system, which is an extraordinary system in the body. It's uh, an amazing network of nodes and nodules and vessels and glands. Do you know that there's three times more lymph fluid in the human body than there is blood? Wow. Didn't know yeah. That. I know. It's, it, it's a shocker. When I first learned it, I was as stunned as you. Everyone is stunned when they learn this. That is because... The only way we can possibly maintain our health and well-being and live a long time without pain is to see to it that our lymph system is working efficiently and effectively because literally it is its job to remove anything from the body of a toxic nature that is not supportive of health and well-being and see to it that we feel well. You know, there are many ironies in life, as you well know. Now, having studied this subject for 42 years now, I can tell you that one of, if not the biggest irony of all, considering what a crucial role the lymph system plays in directly determining how long we will live and how well we will live, it truly is amazing to me how few people 
not only have no understanding of their own lymph system and what it does, but sadder yet, do not realize that the effectiveness of their lymph system and the and, and the way to like unleash its unparalleled power and healing capabilities is determined by the manner in which we eat. Wow. You know, I I mentioned earlier, and I do frequently when I'm talking about this subject, the fact that we will eat 70 tons of food and the digestion of that food is going to require more energy from our body than all other activities of the body combined. Why aren't our doctors and practitioners telling us about this? Well, it's such an interesting uh, thing that you would even ask that because when I first found out about the lymph system, and of course I was absolutely astounded to learn what I did, and then the more I learned, the more I realized how few people understood anything about it, including medical professionals. And I, I do have relationships with medical doctors that are more of the forward-thinking, open-minded type. And I remember asking one uh, early on, I just asked him point blank. I said, how is it that you can go to medical school for six, seven, eight years taking all these classes and courses and something as important and crucial to human health as the lymph system is not taught. And this gentleman just kind of, <laughs> he looked at me and put his hand on his chin and scratched. He says, you know what, Harvey? I just don't know. They just wow. don't emphasize it. They just don't teach it. And I was kind of floored by him saying that to me, that leaving something out that crucial, that important. I mean, you know, that would be like talking about our solar system and leaving out the sun, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's an oddity. It, it truly is. It's an oddity. And he's not the only one. There are other medical doctors I have spoken to who have said the same thing. They're just, there's not an emphasis put on this extraordinary mechanism in the body that is totally in charge of how long we live and how well we live. It's, it's an oddity. Wow. And, you know, I know you have a great testimony about the lymph system going through Agent Orange and whatnot. you want to share that with us real quick? Uh, absolutely. Uh, as I've told you, uh, I was exposed in 66. I didn't know until 1986 when I uh, started to see the withering of my arms. But fortunately for me, I learned about the lymph system only four years after my exposure. That was in 1970. I started studying it, and it made so much sense to me that I started to put it into practice. It just, as soon as I heard it, it's like, well, why would I not want to do this? And I very uh, devotedly did what I needed to do in terms of my diet to make sure that my limb system was not overburdened with too much work to do and was working efficiently and effectively. And as it turns out, even though I didn't know it at the time, uh, because I was able to unleash the power of my lymph system and not bog it down, it actually was able to degrade the dioxin in Agent Orange sufficiently to where I have not become one of the statistics of those who are either in a wheelchair or uh, passed on and has allowed me to live these these extra years. Uh, I think I mentioned that <laughs> I tell them at the, at the VA hospital, they... they they're kind of amazed that I have had Agent Orange in my body for as long as I have, but I'm still able to get around on my own without assistance. And it's like when they ask me, well, how is it? I mean, I, what is it that you're doing? I, I tell them, hey, read my book. Wonderful. <laughs> it, it, it's all in there. That's what I did. That's why I'm so enthusiastic about it when I talk about it. It's why I can talk about it with such excitement is because it literally saved my life. You're a proponent of this enzyme therapy. I've heard a lot about enzyme therapy. I wanted to get your take on it. I'm glad that you have asked me about that because I'll tell you that I am a tremendous proponent of uh, enzyme therapy. It's made an enormous difference in my life and uh, in the lives of numerous other people, more than I could possibly recount to you. You know, it's kind of surprising to me, Sabrina Marie. It's, it really is. It's just like we were talking about the limb system, that something that important could be so little known. Uh, it's the same thing with enzymes. How, you, people have definitely heard of enzymes. They just don't fully realize the full magnitude of the role they play in our lives. You know, another way of saying enzyme is the word 
life. <laughs> and I mean that in its literal sense. Uh, we are obviously living on a planet that is bursting and teeming with life. The one thing that sets this planet apart from all the other planets in our universe is life. We have life here at every turn. There, it, we are bursting and teeming with life. Even in the hottest or the coldest uh, terrains, there is something there living. Uh, the fact is that all life on the planet Earth is dependent upon enzymes. And, and, and I mean that literally. In fact, if we were to remove enzymes from the equation, the planet Earth would resemble the moon or Mars. This is no exaggeration. Every plant, every animal, every human being is alive because of enzymes, these little protein chemical catalysts that do everything. In fact, everything that your body does, whether it's to stand up or sit down, to walk, to breathe, to blink your eyes, to swallow, to deal with food, to circulate your blood, absolutely every one of the trillions and trillions of activities that are going on in the living body at all times are all because of enzymes. And when I told you about... Uh, uh, every living thing depending upon them, of course that means everything that we eat, obviously, uh, have enzymes. And the reason why I'm so excited about enzyme therapy is this. Uh, let, let me ask you a question, if I may, and, and please answer this just straight from your common sense. Don't think about anything you've read or heard or interviews you've conducted. Just answer this question from your common sense alone, okay? Mm-hmm. If I were to ask you, as a living being on a living planet, which do you think would benefit your body most, living food or dead food? Living, of course. Of course. It's, it's, not even, it's, like, you, it's like if you ask that to somebody, they look at you like you're, they're expecting a punchline. Like, why would you even <laughs> ask me that question? Of course I would want it. But then yeah. the question is, well, what's the difference? What is living food and what is dead food? Well, living food are those whole, fresh foods that contain all the vital elements that we need to eat food to obtain. The life force in a food is the enzymes. If the enzymes are not there, the food is not living any longer. Well, guess what? Temperature of 118 degrees destroys all enzymes. This is a catastrophic thing because the food is then dead. And unfortunately, even though you very quickly said, of course we want to eat living food. In this country, most people have a diet that is approximately 10 to 15% living food and 85 to 90% dead food. In other words, most of the food they're eating is cooked, and they have cooked away the enzymes. They're now dead, and the, these enzymes, when they enter the body in the food, they assist the body in the digestive process. But when these enzymes are cooked away and they're no longer there, the body is thrown into turmoil. It then has to produce more enzymes. And the way it does this is there's something in the body. Remember I said everything you do, whether it's breathing or talking or walking, requires enzymes. Those are called the body's workforce. They're called metabolic enzymes. The living body can produce only a certain finite amount of these metabolic enzymes and no more. And when the, it's cannot produce anymore, we die. That could be when you're 110, quite frankly. But at some point, the body will start producing them. Well, what happens every time you eat cooked food, even a small amount, a tiny amount of cooked food, since the enzymes are not there and they're required to deal with the food, the body's intelligence immediately goes to the metabolic enzyme storehouse and turns them in to digestive enzymes. So literally, every time we're eating cooked food, we're actually shortening our lives. It's really unfortunate. But the plain fact is that now... Today, we are fortunate to have what are known as live plant digestive enzymes. These are literally, totally natural substances. I know a lot of people, you know, they use the word natural on anything. And these days, you can get away mm -hmm. with calling things natural that are no more natural than a hand grenade, as I like to say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But these really are. They truly are natural. I have investigated this in great detail, and I found the very the best and uh, they, 
you simply take a couple of these or one prior to eating anything cooked and the enzymes are there in the stomach waiting for the food that has been cooked and then all of these problems of associated with having to rob the metabolic enzyme storehouse is done away with, plus many of the difficulties that people suffer from, all the digestive problems that they have are, quite frankly, very quickly clear up once they start using these. Now, I I use enzymes made by a company called Enzymetica. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yes, I have. Good. Uh, well, for your, your listeners, I will tell you that uh, Enzymetica not only has the the best-selling, number one-selling enzyme products in the country. But they are very well-respected throughout the enzyme community at large. They're well-known for the potency and uh, purity of their products, which is what attracted me. And I know they are sticklers for that, and I know that personally. Uh, That's because they specialize in enzymes, and enzymes alone. They don't sell vitamins and minerals and other supplements. They specialize in enzymes, and they excel in that arena. You know, while we're on the subject of enzymes, I'll just briefly tell you about something that is really exciting that is uh, being introduced uh, in this new book. It's it's a product called Slender GR. Uh, it's a brand new, totally natural, entirely plant-based uh, enzyme formula, and it is specifically designed for weight loss. <laughs> it contains no additives, no fillers, no chemicals of any kind. One of the enzymes in this formula is called lipase. You know, anytime a word ends in A-S-E, that means we're talking about an enzyme. Well, lipase breaks down and helps remove stored fat in the body while uh, simultaneously increasing and improving metabolism of consumed fat. It turns out that quite a few people in this country actually have a genetic shortage of lipase, which explains why sometimes you'll hear people bemoan the fact, they'll say, you know, I eat pretty well, I exercise, I just can't seem to lose this excess fat. They're missing lipase. Now, another ingredient is actually a blend of several ingredients, and what this does is convert simple sugars into soluble fiber. What that means is, you know, anytime you eat a carbohydrate of any kind, uh, the body has to secrete uh, insulin. But the body... These enzymes in this formula actually can turn certain sugars into fiber, providing a food for microflora in the body. Now, this results in a reduction of insulin demand. The reason why reduced insulin demand is so important in terms of losing weight is because high insulin demand and output signals the body to store fat. So the enzyme actually reduces the amount of sugar that enters the bloodstream, lowering demand and output for insulin, which results in less fat being stored. So this one enzyme product, this Slender GR, believe it or not, safely and effectively removes stored fat, improves fat metabolism, and reduces fat storage. That, I can tell you, is a winning combination that's hard to beat in terms of losing weight. (laughs) Wow. Now, where do you get this Slender GR well, the Slender GR, uh, people can just go uh, Google for it. They can go to my website, which is harveydiamond.com, and they can read about it. And find, in fact, uh, while we're on the subject of that, if they will go to, uh, if they want to find out about it and go to the site, and like I say, it's just, it's simple. It's just my name, harveydiamond.com, and they can uh, read the opening introductory chapter to the book uh, totally for free. There's a little icon there they click that says Download Introduction for Free. It's uh, 18 pages, and, and they can read it for free. They can then look around and, and read all about Slender GR. And it's it's really an exciting thing. I know I sound like I'm <laughs> getting all excited here. Well, I am because, you know, there are so many drugs out there that are trying to help people lose weight, but they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. They hurt people. They damage the liver and the kidneys. They they kill people, quite frankly. And here is a substance that is ne- totally plant-based, has no negative side effects whatsoever, and uh, the testing that has been done with it has been enormously promising, having people lose. And, I, and I'm not talking about enormous amounts of weight. Uh, quite frankly, those things where people say, hey, all you got to do is take this, go to sleep, and wake up, and you'll have to buy a new wardrobe because you'll be so small. It's not like mm-hmm. that. It's an intelligent approach to right. losing weight. It's a small amount of weight each week, but, you know, that adds up. You know, people go on diets for, for years or they take drugs in, in the hopes of losing 10 or 12 or 15 pounds in a year. And here here's a product with no negative side effects, which is far more effective than that. I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> 
Well, that's wonderful. I know. You go against the grain about this this eating fruit, and we hear from doctors, uh, conventional doctors, that uh, fruit raises your blood sugar. You should limit Uh, the amount of fruit you eat, and yada yada yada. And uh, you have a different uh, different take on this. Tell us about it. Oh, do I ever? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a reason why I'm known as the fruit guy. I I can tell you, uh, Sabrina Marie, you're talking about the subject that is dear to my heart. As someone who has studied this subject now for 42 years. I know firsthand the extent to which fruit has been instrumental, not only in my own health journey, but also for literally millions of other people. I can tell you that no other food in the human diet has been more grossly misunderstood or more unfairly maligned, much to the detriment of those who have been misled, quite frankly. And the only thing that can account for this is plain old unmitigated ignorance. And I don't use that word to be insulting or confrontational. I use it because there's just no other word that can more aptly describe the situation. And being ignorant of something is not in and of itself a bad thing. It simply means a lack of knowledge on a given subject. Hey, I'm ignorant about a lot of things. I have no problem acknowledging that. But the nature of fruit and its effect on the human health, that isn't one of them. When I hear some of the mind-numbing absurdities associated with fruit from people, people who are supposedly knowledgeable on the subject, I cannot help but be saddened for the people who have been unjustly influenced and misled. I'll tell you, every time I hear some of the rubbish spoken about fruit, it brings to mind a quote by a gentleman named Artemis Ward, who once said, it's not so much what folks don't know what causes problems, it's what they do know that just ain't so. So, I am regularly faced with the task of bringing to people's awareness the truth about nature's perfect food, and it is a perfect food, which has been so unjustly cast in a negative light by people who frankly know a whole lot about what just ain't so. The fact is that fruit has a very unique nature, which unfortunately is not understood by people, and what that nature is this. Everything that we eat has to go through a digestive process in the stomach. That's just how it works. There's one food in the human diet that does not require any digestive uh, effort in the stomach, and that is fruit. Fruit passes through the stomach and is very quickly broken down and utilized in the small intestines. The problem is people don't know this, and they eat it incorrectly. This is why I'm always talking about you have to eat fruit correctly. And that means fruit needs to be eaten alone, on an empty stomach, so it can be allowed to pass through the stomach the way it's intended to. I can't tell you how many people would tell me sometimes, I used to do seminars and I would talk about this, and people would say, you know, I I don't eat strawberries, I don't eat melon, because every time I eat them, I get these horrific stomach aches. And I ask them, well, what did you eat right before? And they say, oh, you know, I had a nice meal, you know, I had, you know, fish and vegetables and a salad. And I say, well, that is a nice meal, but if you put fruit on top of it, the fruit is going to spoil in the stomach, it's going to cause the protein to putrefy, it's going to cause the carbohydrates there to ferment. The whole thing's going to turn into a foul mess that's going to cause you a lot of pain. Whereas if you ate the fruit first, it would pass through your stomach and you'd never hear from it again. <laughs> now, I could easily, seriously, I could use up your whole hour here or two hours talking about the subject of fruit. It, 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 it is such an interesting subject. But the plain fact is that fruit, eaten correctly, fresh, not cooked, not pasteurized, is the perfect food. The sugar fructose component is, is not to be compared with the fructose in something as abominable as high fructose corn syrup. And a lot of these so-called experts do exactly that. They say, well, you know what, chemically they're the same. Sugar is sugar. In other words, what they're saying is eating the sugar in a fresh piece of fruit is no different from eating the sugar in a Coca-Cola. This is insanity. That would It's absolutely outrageous. You know what it would be like? It would be like saying, well, you know, all water is alike, too. So you could take a glass of water out of the ocean and a glass of water out of a mountain spring. They're still both H2O, so it wouldn't matter which one you drank. Except if you drink the ocean water, it'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And if you drink the mountain water, you're going to live and live well. It's the same thing with fruit. They have made a mistake. They have a blind spot. They've missed it. I'll tell you something. The reason why, as I spoke earlier about the phenomenal success of Fit for Life, you know why it was so successful? Because when I used to go around on all these shows like Oprah and Donahue and Merv Griffin and Regis Philbin and Larry King and all these shows I did over and over, I simply made a challenge to people. I told them to to run an experiment for themselves. We have been convinced 
that we have to wake up in the morning and eat a nice big meal, the most important meal of the day. Well, yeah, yeah it's not true. That's that's one of the most harmful, detrimental habits people have in this country. Now, I know people hear that and they go, uh-oh, wow, I'm not going to listen to this dude. He's telling me not to eat breakfast. Well, I'm not saying not to have breakfast. I'm saying not to have a bunch of heavy cooked food for energy. You slept. You woke up in the morning. Your body all night long built the energy you need. We already know that the digestion of food requires more energy from the body than all other activities of the body combined. If you wake up in the morning and have a big breakfast, you're going to use energy. You're not going to get energy from that. So what I recommend to people is this. Run an experiment on yourself. Just take 10 days. You can take 10 days and make no other change except this. From the time you awaken in the morning until about 12 noon, have nothing but fruit and fruit juice. Fresh, not pasteurized juice. Fresh. Have as much as you want, as often as you want. You have fruit salad. You can have a fruit smoothie. Whatever you want, just have that. Then at noon, you can have lunch. You can go ahead and have dinner. You can have anything you want. Make no other changes. Just make this change and this change alone and do it for 10 days. And on the 11th day, go back to having a big breakfast in the morning like you usually did and see how you feel. When I made that challenge over and over to people, that is the reason why Fit for Life became such an overwhelming phenomenon, because people took me up on it, and they found out that it really made an immense difference in their lives. And to this day, 27 years after that book was first written, to this day, I still receive letters from people in the thousands that say, you know what, I may not follow everything that you ever advised, but over the years, I always eat fruit till noon, and it's made the biggest difference in my life of anything I've ever done dietetically. That's amazing. You know, I can't let you go because my audience, uh, you know, has heard many experts speak on this topic. You're not a big fan of dairy products. Why not? <laughs> well, there, there's another subject that I can use up most of your time on. Uh, you know, dairy products, we, you know, I like to look at things, as I told you earlier, I'm a common sense type of person. Uh-huh. I, I look at things from the common sense point of view. What, what are dairy products? We're talking about milk. Uh, what is milk? Uh, the grand creator, uh, the intelligence of the universe, whatever you want to call it, provides for infants the most perfect food imaginable. Mother's milk, straight from the breast. All mammals have them. It doesn't matter if you're a cow or a horse or a whale or a human being or a rat or an elephant. All have the most perfect food imaginable flowing directly from the mother's breast to the child, the infant, or the calf, as it were. We, human beings, stand alone in the entire animal kingdom as the only ones to never be weaned. What's up with that? We're supposed to be God's finest creation, and we are never, ever to be weaned. Plus, not only are we never weaned, we don't even have the milk of anything from our own species. We're going to another species. That's not right. You go to a cow, you look at a baby calf. A calf is born, it weighs about 90 pounds at birth, and in only two years, it's going to weigh maybe twelve to 1,500 pounds. But look at a human infant. We weigh somewhere around 10 pounds at birth, and it takes us 18 years to get to the weight of somewhere between 1 and 200 pounds. So when we consume cow's milk, we're consuming something designed by nature to make us very big, very fast. Is that what someone really wants who's trying to lose weight, is to get really big, really fast? Cow's milk is not for baby humans. Cow's milk is for baby cows. Humans provide milk for their young, as does every other mammal. And for us to try to go consume milk from another... You know what? You know what would make more sense? If we were going to go drink chimpanzee milk. They're closer to us in size. But, you know, if you hear that and you say that to someone, they scrunch up their face and they look at you like you're some kind of a lunatic. They're, like, disgusted. Chimpanzee milk, good grief, I'm not going to drink chimpanzee milk. But chimpanzee milk is a whole lot closer to human milk than cow's milk is. And the only reason we're drinking cow's milk is because we've been, been indoctrinated to do so at, 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 from birth on. Had we early on been told, hey, you know what's a lot better? Chimpanzee milk or hog milk. How about that? Those are really good milks for you. And then we would be drinking hog milk and chimpanzee milk. And if somebody said, hey, we ought to drink cow's milk, you'd go, ooh, cows? Mm-hmm. 
It has to do with nature. It, it, just look around in nature. Nowhere else in nature, once an animal is weaned, do they continue to drink milk. We're the only ones, and we're the ones that are suffering from all the, the problems. And I'll, I'll tell you something else while we're on the subject, which is going to shock people to no end, but it's absolutely certain and true. People say, well, but you've got to get your calcium. What about calcium? And milk has this great calcium. Well, no, calcium is in milk, sure, but the calcium in cow's milk is not designed for humans. It's too coarse. We can't use it in the body. Here's a shocker for you. The more dairy products you consume, the more likelihood you are to develop osteoporosis. How's that? Wow, I've heard that. Yeah, the four, there, the four countries in the world that consume the most dairy products are the United States, United Kingdom, Sweden, and Finland. Those are the four countries that lead the world in dairy consumption. Guess what four countries in the world lead in osteoporosis? The United States, the United Kingdom, Sweden, and Finland. Now, the countries that have the least amount of osteoporosis are the Asian and African countries. Asians and Africans do not like dairy products. Do you know that in China, the biggest population on earth, 1.3 billion people, that they don't even have a word for osteoporosis in their language? There isn't a word for it. And they, they, they absolutely do not like dairy products. They think it smells and tastes foul, and they do not consume it in any negligible amount whatsoever. Hmm. The evidence is there. I mean, it's all there. Everything that you hear about how good it is and having all of these stars with their milk mustaches and everything, that's just money. That's just making money. That's just the dairy industry doing and saying whatever they have to do to get you to buy their product. And the plain fact is practically every word you hear about the benefits of dairy is nothing but fabricated falsehoods designed to increase profits and decrease your health. Well, I'm looking forward to this book, Eat for Life. I know that, uh, you know, it's more than likely it's going to hit the New York Times bestseller list again as you, have, you know, had the Fit for Life success. Where can we get this book? Well, like I said, if the book is not actually out yet, it won't be out until March, but people can pre-order it if they wish. They can either go to my website, just like I said earlier, harveydiamond.com. It's right there. They can read the opening chapter and see if they're sufficiently interested. If they wish to have a copy, they can pre-order it. It will be sent out to them immediately. They'll have it within five or six days. Or they can go to amazon.com. It's on there. Uh, or they can wait till March, and it'll be in the bookstores. <laughs> That's great. Uh, for some people who don't have a computer necessarily, there's also a, a toll-free number they can dial. I can give that. Okay. Uh, the number is 877-335-1509. Okay. What's next for Harvey Diamond? Well, I'm going to put my uh, efforts and energy into getting the word out on this book. There's so much good information in it. I'm so happy and proud of it. Uh, there's one chapter in there, Chapter 5, which is the, my favorite chapter I've ever written in the nine books I've written so far. <laughs> Guess what? It's all about fruit <laughs> and wow. blood sugar and glucose. And I really feel like I did a... Uh, I, I sound like I'm complimenting myself here, but uh, I, I think that I, for me, I did a really first-rate job on that chapter, dispelling so many of the myths and rumors about fruit that are unwarranted, and I give a very straightforward, understandable explanation to people so they'll really get it. It's the longest chapter in the book by far, and it's interesting. The people who have read it so far have have told me how very much they enjoy it, that they've some people have actually made copies of it and keep it with them so they can read parts of it to their family when they tell them, hey, you shouldn't be eating so much fruit. <laughs> I really thank you for coming on our show and letting us know about this great information. Oh, hey, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Be blessed. Thank you. God bless you as well.